and hello and welcome to Member Spotlight here on Business Radio X. This is the monthly radio show and podcast of the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce. We're broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. And this is the second special, the part two of a two-part special series on Moxie Award winners with the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce. And we have three more winners here in the studio this afternoon. For those of you not familiar with the Moxie Awards, This is built for women who are bold in business. The Gwinnett Chamber honored nearly 80 finalists and seven winners at its inaugural Moxie Awards. It was presented by the Gwinnett Medical Center, and the program began with a powerhouse panel and concluded with a recognition ceremony. The Moxie Awards recognize both individuals and organizations alike. Organizational awards highlighted companies that support the advancement of women, as well as those that are women-led. Individual awards honored those who are trailblazers in a male-dominated field. Gwinnett County champions, emerging leaders, professionals who are at the peak of their career, and those who are generous with their time, talent, or resources. Our three Moxie Award winners joining us for this show are from Anderson Taint Car, Trinity 100 Mark. Good morning, Trinity. Good morning. And Carol Pence from the Aurora Theater. Good morning, Ann Carol. Good morning. And Paige Heavens. Paige is an independent marketing and community relations expert. Welcome and congratulations. Thank you so much. Well, each of you, Moxie Award winners. What were your thoughts when you when you found out this is the first time that the, the chamber has had these awards recognizing the top women in their fields and, and real trailblazers? Trinity, your thoughts when you found out you guys at Anderson Tate Carr had won? Well, it was just a, a real honor. I mean, you don't know we won until you go to the actual shows or to the actual presentations. So just knowing that, you know, I was nominated and amongst some of the, the biggest leaders in Gwinnett County, people that I've looked up to for my entire career was just a real, real honor and a privilege. It was a really great day. Just a phenomenal group of individuals that were there. And Carol, it's not like the Aurora Theater hasn't won awards in the past, but here's another one to put up on the mantle. Where, where did this place to me, it's so important. It's not just about telling stories. It's not just about doing great plays and musicals. We have to, as an arts community, be known for leadership and being a viable business. And so when the business community says, hey, your business is important, that's incredible. And uh, Paige, you mentioned before the show, you kind of like to stay behind or under the radar, but uh, you're a commu- you, know, you won the award for a community advocate. You're not under the radar anymore. No, I'm not in any way, but... Um, Honestly, the experience for me was very humbling. Um, You know, I think for some, many of us, it's just part of our DNA to get out and be involved and lead in the community. And uh, we don't really seek recognition for that. Um, We just take our reward. To me, the greatest reward is seeing um, your efforts come to fruition and push forward the quality of life in our community. And so it was very humbling for me to stand before such an honored group and uh, to be recognized in a very public way for what just seems to be what I do every day. The Gwinnett Chamber is considered one of the best, not just in the southeast, but in the country. And they do so much for businesses, small, large, all sizes here in Gwinnett County. But but to, to, to focus on women and women-owned businesses and women-led businesses, was this something that was long overdue? 
Well, I think it was a, it's obviously very uh, timely now. I mean, obviously the time that we're living in focusing on women, but I do think it was overdue and it was a great day. Um, it was a, a packed room full of, you know, just real movers and shakers and leaders in our community, the majority of women. What I'd like to see as the wards go on and as this gets even better is to have more men involved in that room that day, because quite candidly, we can't all achieve unless we're all in this together. And as much as it was wonderful to have a room full of women and powerful women and empower each other, we need to all be supportive of it all and so I'd like to see that as we go forward that's exactly what I think is men have got to not be afraid to share uh, the, the room with with women and I think oftentimes all the qualities we think are so important in men to be outspoken to be great leaders uh, are really deemed as negative characteristics when women do them um, so I'm okay with that I'm, I'm okay with being in the room and and what I love about the company we work in is Anthony and I totally promote the advancement of women and all that entails and I think it's so important Mike that um, women learn their voice and um, feel strong uh, and confident and can stand up and stand in the spotlight and to really allow us to take a moment and and take credit for what we do in the community and I think it's just innate in in typical female fashion to let the light shine on other people and and stay behind the scenes <laughs> so um but I, I think it's important that we encourage women to be bold to work to build a legacy that the community can recognize and to um to really leave their mark yeah but we do have to mentor that and Absolutely. that's a big thing is until we start mentoring how you find your voice how you speak up when you're afraid how you articulate something that people that are different than you can understand but i totally agree with that. well and i'm sure you ladies all experienced it when after the awards you know people come up and say oh my gosh I'd love to have lunch I'd love to have co- I'd love to learn more about what you do and how you do it and why you do it and can you can you help me find that within me and I, I spend a lot of time working with other women encouraging them to find that within themselves well we're excited to have all three of you here let's dig a little deeper with each of you and talk about what you guys do uh, Trinity hundred mark you're an attorney and partner with Anderson Tate Carr uh, located here in uh, Duluth, Georgia, and you won the On the Rise Award. You are the recipient of the On the Rise Award. Uh, the young professional who takes home this accolade is a force to be reckoned with. We can't wait to see what's on the horizon as her career continues to evolve. So tell us about all about Trinity and, and your time at uh, Anderson Tate Carr. Well, I think what the most surprising thing was is that I was still considered to be a young professional. Um, I think uh, as I've, I'm moving forward, I'm feeling less young by the day, but I think I've made it by just a couple months um, that I'm still left of being young. But I've been with Anderson Tate and Carr. This will be my 15th year um, as a lawyer. I started as a summer clerk when I was a law student at, at UGA. Um, football and and all other things brought me to UGA to go to law school I had gone to a small undergrad that didn't have football and I missed it quite candidly so um, that kind of brought me up here to Atlanta but when I was looking as a place I wanted to work I had you know worked at interviewed at some big Atlanta firms um, and though I wanted to be in a big city I grew up in a small town and I kind of liked the idea of being at a smaller place where you could have more community impact and that's certainly what Anderson Tate and Carr has done and that's a lot of what we're known for um, we've got about 30 lawyers and almost all of us sit on a board of some uh, community organization, if not multiple community organizations. Um, and I think we're all just 
you know, real phenomenal leaders in the community. And that was one thing that really drew me to the firm um, was that we have a high level of skill in terms of our lawyers and what it is that we do. We provide a high level of service, but we're very, very involved in the local community and in Gwinnett. And that really drew me to it as an entity. What specific area of law do you practice? I head up the domestic relations uh, branch of the firm, so that's family law. So, you know, child custody, divorce, alimony, um, you know, child support, all those sorts of things. Not always the most fun aspect of people's lives, but probably the one that touches more people um, specifically because everybody knows somebody that's gone through something like that. Um, and, you know, when you get into the practice of law there's I think a few people that go into it knowing exactly what they want to do and that plan exactly falls out but I think for most people um, your path sort of finds you and not the other way around and that's kind of how I, it is with me this sort of fell into my lap um, and just really I think played to my talents even talents I didn't really know I had which was you know being a good listener and talking to people about their problems and knowing how to help people through really difficult situations and it sort of evolved into what it is that I do now. Do you get to argue cases in court? I do. I do. I go to court quite a bit. Um, you know, it may not be full cases. I mean, I think, you know, luckily we have a, a really good domestic bar out here. And so we have, um, you know, most domestic cases settle of, in some fashion. It can be quickly and it can be a very long drawn out yeah. process. But we do have, we do go to court for various things, you know, all the time. So whether it's just for motions or whatever, and we've got a great judicial bench out here in Gwinnett. And so we're very privileged with who we have. Um, and two new female judges, which is very exciting for us out here. But, uh, but Usually, you know, things are done behind the scenes and mediation and something that's not as, uh, contain, you know, cantankerous. But, yes, we do go to court and we do fight about things. We were talking before the show. We both went to Georgia and, and I went to journalism school. And you mentioned, boy, I thought maybe I should have gone to journalism school, too. But obviously you've done very well as an attorney. What do you enjoy most about what you do? I think it is the aspect of being able to help people and really being able to kind of um, find people at their lowest point and try to guide them through a time that they wouldn't otherwise know what to do. And sometimes it's being that voice for, for women and men um, who haven't ever had that voice and haven't been able to say something and sometimes you got to be the person that stands up for them and not to be you know using a pun but have moxie for them and and really be the one that has their back and can say just let me handle this I'll be the bad guy I'll be the one that handles the situation I'll deal with it um, I think that's been the best thing I also do a fair amount of guardian ad litem work where I go into um, contested custody situations and try to do an investigation to figure out what's in the best interest of a child and that's probably the the area specifically that I like the most um, because it's it's more hands-on and you really feel like you can make a difference um, but overall it's just just having the opportunity to help people through through difficult times now my notes here said that you uh, apparently argued with Nancy Grace. So you've done some TV appearances. I have. Um, what was that like? You know, it's scary at first. Um, she's certainly a scary individual. But no, I did it for a number of years before she retired. Um, and we got to be great friends by the end of it. But, um, you know, it was definitely always a challenge. Um, I, not unlike fighting with my toddler right now. So I certainly, um, I certainly. It was good learned, practice then. It was good practice, yeah. But, uh, but no, it was a great experience. I served as a, as a legal consultant and have for for Fox News CNN HLN and it was it's been a wonderful experience it's nice to kind of do something that's sort of out of your wheelhouse yeah. a little bit um, but it was a great time so we actually got to see you on the air 
yes. arguing with Nancy or agreeing with her, whatever the case may be. Well, you rarely got to agree with her. That was sort of the uh, the uh, shtick was that you you can't agree with her and you have to fight with her. So it was usually makes for better TV. Yeah, it was usually a losing battle, but nonetheless, it was always it was always entertaining. Well, either way, she would always get the last word, no matter what. So that makes it tough when you're an attorney. Yes, it does. It does. But uh, you know, sometimes, and you got to do it when you're in court too. Sometimes you got to know when to shut your mouth and sit down. And sometimes, and 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 there's an art to all of it. So, um, but you know, it was it was a wonderful experience, and I really appreciated the opportunity. I hope you don't mind sharing the story you told us before the show about your last name. Now, you have a, a unique name, beautiful name by the tr- Trinity. The first name is a beautiful name, Thank but you. The, the last name Hundred Mark is very unique. And you told a great story before the show. Yeah, so the the it's it's German and of German uh, derivation. You know, back when there was actually marks, and that was a form of money before the euro. But um, so it literally means a hundred marks. And the story goes that there was a uh, storming of a castle in Germany, and it was set on fire. And my ancestor either started the fire or put it out. So there was either a hundred mark ransom for his head, or he got a hundred mark reward. And and we don't really know which way that uh, story played out. So <laughs> it seems like an attorney, though, you'd want to get to the bottom of that. Yeah, you know, maybe it's. Some things are left best not known, um, so I just like to leave a little air of mystery there. A little intrigue. <laughs> I like that. Well, congratulations Thank on the you. Moxie Award. Um, for those that would like to find out more about Anderson, Tate, and Carr, where can they get that information? Well, you could go to our website. It's www.atclawfirm.com. It tells you a little bit more about us and all of our lawyers and our areas of practice. I mean, we were founded by Tom and Ethel Anderson 30 years ago, predominantly as a real estate firm and estate planning firm. Um, and we've gone into all areas of law. We have a corporate department, criminal law, domestic law, um, you know, commercial real estate, estate planning. We're all over. Civil litigation. We're everywhere. So whatever you need, we, we, we like to think that we can help you with it. So. Great. Well, great to meet you. Congratulations. Continued success. And thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, you can hear the passion in Trinity when you talk. And, and, and we'll continue the passion here with Ann Carol Pence with Aurora Theater. Ann Carol, um, congratulations on your award as well as we've discussed. Thank you. I just want to say our attorney firm for Anthony and I is Anderson, Tate & Carr. That's that, that's a great <laughs> shout out. Well, you you and Anthony have made a great team for many, many years. But for those that have been living under a rock for a long time and they're, they're not familiar with the Aurora Theater, tell us about the theater. Well, we're now the second largest professional theater in the state of Georgia, and that's what we're most proud of. When you say second largest, is that um, based on what? Based number on... Number of shows, number of attendees. Okay. 80,000 patrons coming to through our doors every year, prof, uh, providing 800-plus ticketed events, a membership of over 5,000, uh, and, the, and uh, a staff of 21, and a part-time staff of 10 to 15, depending on the... Uh, depending on the day so when we look at the uh, at other theaters throughout the state providing that level it's just not there wait a minute let me do the math i'm not a math major but 800 ticketed events there's only 365 days in the year correct so on sunday when we had a volunteer preview of a doll's house part two which is opening this week at six o'clock to celebrate three kings day which is big in the catholic church also big in our latinx community we had a mariachi band with a sold out um space in our studio so because we have the luxury of having two spaces we have often like during Christmas, we would have two children's shows followed by two Christmas canteens. And while in the studio, we would have two studio shows. So often you're seeing multiple events every single day. We do try to take Monday off, but even then we're teaching classes. 
<laughs> no days off. No days off. Well, your award, the Moxie Award you received, was the Outstanding Organization Award. And this award recognizes a successful women-owned or women-led business. It exhibits excellence and sets the standard. What is it about the, the theater and your organization that makes opportunities available for women? Talk about that. Well, I think the really cool thing when you're a theater, you're you're looking for stories to tell. But sometimes we default and we say, look at all these plays written by men. So we actively look for women voices in theater. Who's writing plays? Who's writing the music? But further than that, who's directing the pieces? And we're very, very purposeful in making sure that we're hiring designers that are women, directors that are women. Uh, for me, it's very unusual still in 2019 to see a woman music director a woman piano player, a woman contractor. So um, so we're, we're always looking for opportunities where 50% of our staff or more can be women, where 50% of our creative teams can be people of color. Those are important things to us because Gwinnett's the most diverse county in the southeast, and we have our responsibility to represent that. But why is that? Because typically theater is usually ahead of the curve when it comes to diversity and things like that. Well, don't you think we hire who we know? So if if a white man who is mostly still running all of our major arts organizations in the entire country, they're going to typically hire people that they know, people that they feel comfortable with, people that they have networked with. And so we typically hire someone who looks like us, uh, so mostly by accident probably. And we try to shatter that expectation. We say, who looks the least like me, who has the most to contribute that's different than me and that's the easiest way to learn so now that I'm getting to be an old folk I'm looking for all those young folks that want to be in there and want to be in that leadership position because to me that's the exciting thing is how does your business flourish after you leave it you mentioned earlier all the success and the, and the numbers that you've had there what what do you think leads to that why have you been so successful well, you look at those touchstone moments in the history of your business, and I think the big one for us was uh, we had this recession in 2008, and everybody downsized their business, and everybody cut positions, and we said the only way we are going to stay in the game is if we do more programming for more people more of the time, and we just dug in and started doing more stuff. The same thing for uh, the Latinx community. We're very tied to look at Gwinnett, how rich and wonderful we are. How do we provide more programming for more different types of people? We want everybody to feel welcome. And so when you look at those touch tone moments, the times that we said we're going to do this, um, uh, I love that, that uh, Trinity said something about sports. I think sports and arts are related. It makes us competitive. And we need to be competitive. Not everybody needs a participation, tro participation trophy. And so I'm all, about, I'm all about winning a game. Sometimes we don't win the game. Sometimes we put a show on and everybody hates it. That's okay. Okay, that's part of it. But we have to be in it to win it. And I think those touchstone moments have made us strong and healthy. Every time you hear about the Aurora Theater, it always seems like, uh, you know, you're expanding or you're growing. Tell us about some of the plans on the horizon. Good job, Mike. Hey, last night. I just teed you up there, right? I love it. I love it. Uh, last night, the city council and the mayor of the city of Lawrenceville gave uh, the go-ahead and the unanimous vote of five to nothing to uh, pro proceed with a $31 million art center. Congratulations. So, is, is, this, is this like a, we break? this news right now on business radio x uh, pretty darn close pretty darn close <laughs> uh you know we it's something we've been working for we've been dreaming of but when this thing is done in 
booked in 2020, which is when our prospected opening date is, we'll have four working theaters. So we'll have the two that we already have, a little itty-bitty studio that we really uh, cultivate new work in. And then we have our main stage with 250. But then we're going to have this grand stage, this 500-seat auditorium with a fly uh, system, with an orchestra pit, with all the bells and whistles. And then we're going to have this really innovative cabaret space that's going to be able to play out to a courtyard or close up where we can do um, different kinds of musical events, different kinds of small cast musicals. So we, if you think we're doing 800 events now, uh, you know, Councilman Roach last night, to, you know, challenged us. He's like, what is this going to look like? Is it going to be 200,000 people? And I think it's going to be that. It's going to be that. You know, it's funny. All these years I've known Anthony, I've never ever met you before. And now I know why. You just don't have time. I'm, thank you for coming today. Hey, you're welcome. And and it's because I'm too shy, right, Mike? you yeah. got to admit. That's why you don't know me. If we could just get you out of that shell, we, we, we would have something here. Uh, for those that would like to find out more about the Aurora www.auroratheater.com and our box office is there 24 hours a day so you can call them at 678-226-6222 and for those spelling challenged folks like myself for the spelling spelling yeah. challenge folks for myself that's right well we spell theater a little differently than some people uh do in the south uh, a-u-r-o-r-a-t-h-e-a-t-r-e Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations once again on the Moxie Award. Thank you. All right, and Carol Pence with the Aurora Theater here on Member Spotlight. Paige, I don't know how you're going to follow Trinity and, and Carol. There's a lot of Moxie in this I room. I know. Paige Havens, Havens now joins us, Moxie Award winner, uh, community advocate. Um, the actual award is called the Pay It Forward Award, and this honor pays tribute to an individual who is generous with her time, talent, or resources. Our community is a better place because of her contributions. Uh, talk about what you've been doing that made you not only just be nominated, but, but win the award. Wow. Well, I carry a card in my wallet as, a, as an independent marketing consultant and, and not really having a true shingle to hang about. Uh, I champion causes that matter in the community and matter to me in my heart. And uh, my business title is change agent. And um, I have a, a saying that says progress does not happen without change. And so my role at, that has just evolved in the community. I, I used to be director of membership and marketing for the Gwinnett Chamber. I was the head of uh, development and community relations for Georgia Gwinnett College when it first launched. Um, I've had the real high profile positions, but and, and that has enabled me to build a tremendous network. But what it has also done is open my eyes to things that needed to happen and um, that sometimes people need to stand forward, take risk and push for change to help push Progress just, again, does not happen without change, and progress does not happen without intentional thought. I think back to what you said, Ann Carol, about just how you hire and how you, you have to be intentional about certain things. And um, I think that too many times our, our business leaders get so um, caught up in being in the trenches and making things happen every day that looking ahead to what's coming down the pike 10 years from now, what, what are the gaps and what are the needs? And uh, that's kind of how I have developed a niche and, and tend to work a lot with nonprofits and bringing the for-profits and the nonprofits together to make positive change happen in the community. 
And it takes someone special to want to really do the things you want to do, but not say, hey, look at me and put the spotlight on me either. Most of the time, I'll turn it back to the organization that got the benefit. You know, it's all about yay Gwinnett Chamber for doing the Moxie Awards. You know, yay for Gwinnett Medical for, you know, uh, opening a new concussion institute. You know, so it, it's, it's not about me. It, it really is about, I, I'm so vested in this community and, and the people in it. And we have such a unique DNA in Gwinnett. And it is just such an opportunity to bring people together and who just roll up their sleeves and say, how can I help? And, uh, but somebody has to cast vision. Somebody has to bring the right people to the table. And um, at that point, once you get the ball, ball rolling, I mean, look at what's happened in the arts community uh, all this time. I mean, it, it, that just doesn't happen, but it took 20 years to make it happen, you know. And so I'm a big picture thinker. I fly best at 50,000 feet. And um, don't put me down in the trenches every day um, because I want to be able to look up, look out, and see what's coming. And many times, um, you know, it takes 20 years to see the fruitions of your labor. And um, I look now at some things that I'm doing and I realize that I'm really setting the foundation for my grandchildren. Speaking of 20 years, 20 years ago, you founded Gwinnett's Great Days of Service. Tell the folks what that organization is all about and, and the things that you've impacted with that. Well, the Gwinnett Coalition for Health and Human Services is the uh, sponsor of Gwinnett's Great Days of Service. It literally started with an idea when I was working at the chamber. I would sit in the chamber boardroom and listen when Gwinnett was rolling and cranking in the 90s. Um, a lot of those um, business people were making a lot of money and looking for ways to not have to pay it to the government. Okay, so I would hear them talk about how can we give back to the community in a way that that could be impactful, but I don't know where to go, I don't know what to do, and then we I would go in in the next board meeting and hear uh, sit in a nonprofit board meeting and hear about all the things they didn't have, and I realized there was a disconnect in bringing these two together. So the haves and had nots had to be brought to the table together. We realized the coalition was doing that to some extent, but what they weren't doing was asking for some action to make it happen there was not a call to action so we created a call to action called Gwinnett's Great Days of Service and it was an opportunity to bring people in the community out to see the nonprofit organizations and, and the needs in our community and to allow them to find a way to connect with a cause that matters to their heart and to continue to give year-round it was about so much more than a day but it was just all very intentional and still is it is I'm truly involved in that every single year uh, for 20 years so um, but the impact of that has been we've had over a million people come through and volunteer through Gwinnett Great Days of Service and we have um, we've embedded service curriculum in our service learning uh, or service learning in our school systems we have um, created uh, now companies have volunteer cores and, and challenge their employees and give them days off to go volunteer so we've created a culture and that didn't happen by accident it was very intentional and very calculated well we need more page havens havens out there and so let me ask you this what are some of the things that we can do to, to motivate inspire mentor other folks to follow your footsteps and, and do the things that you're doing i do think it is so important as we alluded to earlier that that whether you're a man or a woman it, that you find a way to reach out to that and it doesn't necessarily have to be the next generation but i think the next generation is is so important um to give some time dedicate some time to motivate someone else to care 
motivate someone else and empower them to find a way to connect and, and plug in. Many times that's, it is, there's a willingness and there's an interest, but they're intimidated with the next step of how do I pick up the phone and call that person? You know, people say, gosh, would you talk with me? And I'm like, of course I would. You know, it's not like I'm not approachable, you know, absolutely. And, And any of us, and so many business leaders in our community would take the time to invest and say, what are your skills? What are your gifts? How would you like to plug in? We can all make a difference. We can all make an impact. We can all pay it forward. So some people are motivated by making a name for themselves and building their resume. And and that happens a lot earlier in the career. So you have to understand everybody's got an agenda and it's okay to have agenda. That's always surprises people. I'm like, so tell me what, what motivates you? What's your agenda? And they're like, well, I don't really have an agenda. I go, sure you do. Everybody's got agenda. If we all be honest about it, we can help each other accomplish our agendas. So, you know, but maybe you're in a stage in your career where you've earned a lot and you're ready to give back. Or maybe you've got extra time on your hands now that you're talking and looking ahead to retirement and you want to really do something you've never done before or develop new skills. So, you know, be real about where you are in life, what time you can give, how you can give it, and and reach out to people who are doing similar things and say, just talk to me. Tell me what I can do. Find one place to plug in. And it's amazing how it just grows. Man, the, the passion for all three of you today has been off the charts. It seems to me, I can tell, you're, you're not even close to being done. No. What's next for you? Well, uh, I'm taking on a small project that's uh, $5.5 billion um, to help champion um, the advocacy group that is uh, championing the vote for Gwinnett's MARTA referendum in March. So um, go Gwinnett.org. Is the, this is the opportunity. For, for 10 years, we've all been complaining about traffic and transportation and transit options and lack of it. The opportunity is here. The opportunity is now. We must connect. This is our chance. If we want options, this is the time for us to be the transit leader in the region to say yes to this vote in March. So I'm spending day and night right now making sure that everyone knows how important it is to get out and vote on March 19th. Funny that you bring that up because um, Gwinnett, need for connectivity is why that transportation is so important that's why the arts are so important that's why sports are so important and ironically I was going through old articles of what was happening when the Aurora opened the first time in the AJC on the front page when we're opening it said Gwinnett had an important vote for MARTA in 2007 and so the fact that we are still arguing about this to me is just so sad I don't understand why we don't want to connect people I think it's an incredible opportunity to for us to get young people live work play out here and get us old folks down inside the perimeter i'm all about it all right well Paige, congratulations Thank on the moxie so award and uh, i'm sure you you want to stay out of the spotlight but i have a feeling we'll be seeing you around town a little bit more thank you all right, Paige Havens joining us, and I want to thank her and all our other winners as well, uh, and Carol Pence with the Aurora Theater and Trinity 100 Mark with Anderson Tate Carr. Thank you, all three of you, for joining us here on the program today. Thanks, Mike. I want to remind everybody that you can listen to the show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com, then select the Gwinnett Studio. 
we're growing too at Business Radio X. We've got studios all over the place, but go to the Gwinnett Studio and click on Member Spotlight. You'll see not only this show, but all of the other shows that we have as well. In fact, you'll see four and a half years worth of episodes of the, the Gwinnett Chamber show. Also, I want to thank Trey, my producer. I want to thank all our listeners and, again, our guest for a great, great show. Congratulations to all our Moxie Award winners that we were able to highlight on these two episodes of Member Spotlight. Until next time, for the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce, I'm Mike Salmond, and this has been Member Spotlight on Business Radio X. Mm-hmm.